You're 30. Say what? You're 30. Yeah, but I also like work out and, you know, I'm. 30 is the age where basketball players start falling off. Not LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. See, that's how you also remember 30. We're like still making like Vine jokes. I miss Vine. Just TikTok. TikTok is TikTok is not the same as Vine. The whole the whole assembly is different. Yeah. Bring back Vine. The first AON I was the great spirit. In the second AON, men knew me as the horn god. Pangenitor, panthage. In the third AON I was the dark one, the devil. In the fourth AI, men knew me not, for I am the Hidden One. In the fifth Aeon, I appeared before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new Aeon, I appear to you as C. America's podcast. No, no, you, you, <laughs> no, you, you go right back. You go right back to your little notepad and you find an S word <laughs> followed by an M word. And then you put Kennedy in front of this. What even is that name? It, it's an anagram. It, it's SM Kennedy. You can use both hands. What? <laughs> no, fix this. I don't even know. No. Well, joining v- me this week v- is my- no vetoed. <laughs> I'm not doing the intro again. Intro is over. <laughs> I can't even. So, who are you this week? I'm, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm just mad. Ooh, I'm so, so mad. mad. <laughs> well, I don't have to ask you how you are because you're mad. So, yep. Where's, how are you? I'm I'm all right. I'm besides betraying the the format that got us to where we are today. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of changes. You know, we're we're coming up on the anniversary. You know, we're almost there. It's almost been a whole year. What, what big changes are we gonna make? Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> exactly. replace you with an with an AI. Oh, and I'll kill all three of us. <laughs> and then we'll be broadcasting from uh from the other realm. Do you think that will improve or degrade our sound quality? I I don't know. That would, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. We'd probably end up sounding like people would have to listen to our podcast by doing um like looking for EMPs and stuff and. Eh. Oh, like we'd only show up on the equipment for those ghost hunter shows. Yeah, exactly. It just keeps going, Agrippa, Agrippa. <laughs> What's Agrippa? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I guess my the other thing I want to ask now because we you know how much I, you know I've realized we say the other thing like a lot. It's not quite up there with you know, but we say and the other thing a lot. I know I say this, that, and the other quite a bit on this show. That's one of those that I I think everyone develops those those small short hands in their speech patterns. Yeah, the fact of the Christopher Hyatt. Ooh, yeah, that's another one. Well, the problem with it is, and that's one that I use a lot, yeah. But I remember Christopher Hyatt in Undoing Yourself even points those out. You have those small phrases that you use so you don't have to think. And I'm paraphrasing, but... And next time you catch yourself about to use one of those, stop. Just stop. And really think about what you want to say. And I I find that that's a neat exercise as far as breaking up the patterns in your day yeah well, but that isn't what we were supposed to talk about today no it's not Come. thanks for stopping me because i managed to keep myself from going off about a lieber three which is not what we're talking about because what we're talking about is the most important holiday of the year for us that just passed ganesh chaturthi yeah yeah we were chaturthi magic news for 11 days yeah yeah all the meme page followers know that because everything non-stop ganesha everybody likes ganesha though so it, it really it went over well to steal a quote from a acquaintance of mine very big in the indo-european uh thinking sphere he gets everywhere ganesha is like one of the most proliferated figures in myth he's all over the place and just in places that you wouldn't even expect you're like oh hey did you know that they worship ganesha here too like where um like montana uh, i have to go find a goddamn list montana do they worship him there detroit definitely (laughs) i recall sharing the cover for anything you can do by randall garrett it's a sci-fi book where there's an alien and the there's some weird it's it's a very weird book but the point is is that i came across the cover during a chaturthi a couple years back and i looked at it and i just went oh come on ganesha i know that's you <laughs> that's not quite the same but in that idea of ganesha gets all around yeah even yeah. when it's not him it's actually him <laughs> i had a similar one this year because um i had been at work, there's a computer that another coworker and I share for various things. I, I didn't realize. And he said, until- "Hey, I found this podcast." <laughs> no, but um, I had noticed that the the icon for her email was an elephant, and I'd been staring at that like since I got this job, and it only as Chaturthi was going on did I finally like see it and realize, "Oh, hey, <laughs> Hayden, didn't think I'd notice you." Right, but right. you know, other than that. Oh, other than that, that's another one of those things. (laughs) Um, But but Ganesha, like all over the place, because anywhere that's touched by Hinduism, India or Buddhism just gets swallowed up in it. Because Jainism, obviously, all throughout things, um, various countries in East Asia, Myanmar, Thailand, Indonesia, all of these areas just pretty much have Ganesha somewhere in them. Going by various different names, you know. Ganesha got about as many names as any god can get. There's even the there. Oh, and there's the old speculation, which is a it's one of those weird circular ones that kind of comes back in on itself where uh, William Jones thought that there was a connection between Ganesha and Janus 
because there's a version of Ganesha that has two faces. There's a version of Ganesha that has three faces. There's a version of Ganesha that got like seven heads. You know, the, that's not the important part, but this guy in the 17, in the late 1700s sees the double face Ganesha and goes like, oh, I bet that's like a Janus thing and tried to like go on some speculative sort of stuff. And on the speculative bend though, Janus and Ganesha do almost sort of make sense. <laughs> And the idea of the the threshold god, the opener of the way type mm-hmm. thing, remover of obstacles, opener of doors, that sort of it's like eh, kind of. I wouldn't. I know a lot of um, coyote type people or heavily syncretic people will tend to stick Ganesha as a a Mercury, like there it's Ganesh Thoth Mercury. Yeah, because of Ganesh's quality as like the. The scribe. scribe, yeah, God, yeah. I I don't know if I really go in for that, but either way, it's not the. It's interesting where it's like that's that what you just described was bunk from a scholarly level, but as far as the the three lines of logic, it kind of makes sense. Well, I I think that's another interesting thing about Ganesha, right? Part of Ganesha's appeal is that Ganesh, for whatever reason, seems to fit like almost anywhere you can think of. There's always room for a Ganesha type figure. There's always room for Ganesh in whatever system or whatever idea you're looking for. There are the the Ganapati worshipers that view Ganesha as supreme reality. There are people such as the various um, Tibetan lineages that Ganesha comes down through that typically just view him as a wealth deity or like a remover of material impediments to your practice and stuff like that then Ganesha has sort of like a martial and militaristic kind of aspect as you know the lord of host and you can see various aspects of that in uh soldiers with pictures of Ganesha on their gun yeah yeah it's a really fascinating sort of thing that what what I think it is is that the Ganesha aesthetic of the guy with the elephant head lends itself really well to whatever you want to throw on it. Like <laughs> maybe, maybe trying to make an argument that like, Oh yes, the, the very agile looking fellow with the wings on his hat and the, uh, the snake wand playing the liar that, that young fellow, he is a Saturn God. <laughs> He's all about like, things being weighed down into the earth and not getting done. Like that's a hard Mm, argument mm. to make, but something about the elephant headed bro, you can make it work in lots of different ways. Well, and I think also when you, when one of your titles is, you know, you're Vigneshwara, you're the remover of obstacles. You're the Lord of obstacles. It lends itself very well to just about any sort of problem. It doesn't matter if it's love or money or a war or anything else. An obstacle is an obstacle, and he's going to help you get through him. Yeah, yeah. So, and that, in a lot of ways, I think that's perhaps why he's so popular. He's he's a problem solver. Yeah, you always need someone in the pantheon that you can just that you need the Swiss Army God in your pantheon, don't you? Ah, uh, and that's that's the that's what he is. He's got whatever whatever your problem is. He's he's ready to come head on with it. He's Although got also Hindu, like, he's got Bindu, he's got stuff he ain't even tried. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Was that mm. that bad? I'm sorry. Mm. You're messing with the format. 
But anyway, the now I've done it. <laughs> the importance of Ganesha to Eastern traditions is undeniable. At the same time, as far as spooky woo-woos and New Agers and the Western tradition of appropriation and adoption of the Eastern gods, Ganesha is also exceedingly popular from t-shirts to, I have, you know, I have a shot glass that has Ganesha on it. I, among other things, but it was one of those where <laughs> that was a, a neat one where it's like, Hmm, that is not, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, from a traditional sense, Ganesha is not about the, yeah, the right. hooch, but, but regardless, He's on T-shirts, he's on bags, and then even to the the actual occult practice, I really need to track down who said this again, but I want to say I got it from Tommy Kelly, but I think Tommy Kelly got it from somebody else, where somebody mentioned the idea that it, it appears at least that Ganesha has a fondness for magicians. He, he is really down with uh, magic people. Seems that just about every magic person that you can talk to that's tried to do stuff with Ganesha is like, yeah, Ganesha, he, he kicks ass. He's great. <laughs> He's got your back. And I don't, I can't think of a single, I can't think of a single deity that would be described in that way. Like I like Hanuman as a, as far as like Hindu gods go, that's another one that I get down with a lot, but I don't think anyone would describe Hanuman as, as being having or having a particular, uh, proclivity for magicians or notably Western magicians. I think even in, um, even in Eastern cultures that maybe that's another aspect of why Ganesha gets around so well, because a lot of the more, um, foreboding tantric or, you know, dare I say in a complete, uh, wrong-headed way, but more pagan sides of worship tend to get really down with Ganesha as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I could see that. Yeah, but I don't know. Ganesha certainly seems to have... Well, because all the magicians I know love Ganesha. It's a weird... He's he's a popular guy. Yeah. You know? Um. Uh, Advanced Magic for Beginners. Um, Alan Chapman thanks him for it. Uh, we already mentioned Tommy Kelly has... Ganesha as one of the 40 servants. Yeah, it's, the it's road not called opener. Ganesha, but it's, you know, it's Ganesha. Well, and he's, he's made, he made his own episodes on his podcast about get, talking a little bit about Ganesha, among other things. I mean, right. Just, he's just exceedingly popular. If, and for anyone who doesn't fuck with Ganesha, I mean, just repeat after me. Om Gum Ganapataye Nane. Sorry, the the feedback hit me. Oh, and it sorry. Was... Reflex. <laughs> Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. And just repeat that over and over again. And he'll just, Good he got will you. Happen. Except not now because Chaturthi is over. So Ganesha, go home. No one think about Ganesha no more. To the larger point of Chaturthi specifically. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like we hadn't actually well, explained it for yet. Those, for those who don't know anything about what the fuck we're talking about. Ganesha Chaturthi is a particular festival time honoring Ganesha. And in some areas it's 15 in some areas it's 10 Kennedy and I settled on 11 because I think when we first heard about this as a, as a festival or as a, uh, as a, a period of prolonged practice or an observance, 
we saw it as 11 being, you know, 10 days. And then the 11th day is the morning where you end things. The notable elements of it are the things you would expect of doing a lot of mantra, off, doing offerings like puja and different sort of uh, ritualized forms of worship and bhakti yoga. But the big thing that if you've heard about this, you've probably, this is probably how it got phrased to you. You create a statue on the first day and install it in your home, or sometimes they're installed in public places because over in India itself is huge. But then you take the statue at the end and you go and fling it in the river, which is totally bad for the river. And it's, it's a, that's an element of this that has fallen out, but but for me, that part of it is, uh, is very important. The notion of building up this God where you, you create the idol and the, cause remember every idol holds an ideal. You take, so you build this up, you, you look at this thing as the representation of Ganesha and you're, you, you build up a fervor about it. Everything becomes about this guy for 11 days. And then on the last day, you dissolve him away in, into formlessness, into the unmanifest. And it can be a very liberating experience. Almost in the idea of reducing your world into a focal point of everything is about this. And then by dissolving this away by uh, clearing this one hyper focus away, you have now you've cleared the way of everything in your world you're able to i don't know it's, it's incredibly hard to describe because i'm well, not a, i uh, think it's i think it's the a whole, yogic yeah right yeah yeah i think it's the ideal behind bhakti yoga anyway right this striving to see all things as expressions of a singular a singular principle, ideal, idol of devotion. Right. Maybe not so much historically, and maybe not so much in the more sectarian areas of it, but I think a lot of the overall mystical tradition people will tell you the particular expression you choose to reach that isn't important because they all lead to the same place. I remember a particular yogi that I listened to giving a, a lecture gets into this whole thing in the beginning where he's like, oh, and they'll tell you that the, the Shiva is the ultimate expression of Brahman and Vishnu is the highest expression of Brahman. And, but you know, if you truly understood what's going on, they know that Shiva is the highest expression of Vishnu and Vishnu is the highest expression of Deva and Ganapati is the highest expression of um, Shiva, and it's, it's all the same. Everyone yeah. is the ultimate expression of everything. <laughs> and, you know, it's a very new age. Snake is a river, river is the snake. Nothing means anything. But, in, at least in the sense of, dare I say, the phenomena of devotional yoga, it, it, has, a, it has a resonance. From a chaos magic perspective, that's, that's a totally valid approach in that the images are are slightly different. The symbols are slightly different, but the overall method is the same. It's the idea of attaining a a union, union with the divine, uh, the realization of the ultimate reality, and that sort of thing. And understanding that 
the variety of symbols and uh, expressions of that, all of them can be used to the same end. And that it doesn't necessarily matter whether it's it's Shiva or it's Ganapati or it's Vishnu. They all they all work. They they will all get you to the mountaintop. Right. I think Crowley's Libra Sarte is kind of trying to give you that idea. Like that's Oh that's yeah, a- where you just you just do it yeah, you just do it over and over and over again with and then it, when it works when you attain union with this particular god, then you go around and you do another You're one. Like, well, fuck. And you just keep doing that over and over and then you'll realize you'll figure out something about it. And I'm not going to sit here and say exactly what you're supposed to get out of it because I could very well be wrong. But <laughs> The idea is that by doing that over and over again, you're going to realize the commonality between all of them. Right, right. Although I also have to, quick sidebar, the idea of everything as the ultimate expression of everything (laughs) (laughs) is, uh, in a way, that's a very coyote sort of, that feels like a really good, it's like, that should be up there. We're not changing the brand more. (laughs) We we decided on nothing is true. Everything is permitted. We're not, we can't move on this. (sighs) Stop changing the format. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, As far as Chaturthi itself, how, how was yours this year? And what did you do? Unless you don't want to talk about it. No, no, no. My overall, my Chaturthi was really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It, I'm very busy this time of year. I got a lot going on. So, but I did make the effort every, every day to, to do some kind of offering. And, you know, I, I'd sit with my, with my mala and do a, you know, I I'd do a whole set of mantra or whatever you'd want to call it, but I would give offerings. I do mantra. I, I tried to, I tried to do mantra as much as I could throughout the day while I was doing stuff. And I read, you know, I read my very basic minimal scripture. I read the Upanishad over and over again. I didn't do anything particularly ornate or anything super ritualistic. Like, oh, I'm going to do a big, you know, a real, a real big one on this day. I did fast through a couple days of it, which is always good. I didn't like, this was a, this was not a, a super big one. I've had years where I've tried to really pull out all the stops, but at the same time, I think my consistency was really good this year. And I, I did have some really powerful moments, certain points. I was, I, and I won't go into too many details, but like you're going for a run and you're doing mantra the entire time. So then you, you hit that one spot where you're really in the groove of running and then you're doing mantra on top of that. And it's like, oh, hey, hey, this is actually very powerful. Hey, that's great. When I would, when I was doing construction jobs, like way back in the day, like when we were doing this for the first couple times, I remember taking like my shitty work speaker and being playing and like playing um, RT over it like all fucking day and getting weird mm-hmm. looks from people. So that was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Every year I've done a whole lot. I've done a lot, lot, lot of like whenever you're doing just the mindless menial task bullshit of your day, whenever you're at work doing something, if you're washing the ditches, that sort of stuff, just saying mantra to yourself continuously. Anything that you can do to simply turn yourself back to the, the God, you know, the God image, the God mm-hmm. form, Brahman. The other thing I try to do, and it's very, it's very hokey. It's very like, what if that homeless person was Jesus kind of stuff? But I try to look at all the various people I interact with as Ganesha as an expression of Ganesha, as everything well, also, is an expression of Ganesha. Yeah, exactly. But that's why it's also important to do that to yourself. 
look at what you're doing as the right, right. And the weird, and the the weird way is you're 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 Ganesha offering Ganesha to Ganesha when you're doing offerings. <laughs> now Ananda, I'm sure <laughs> that you what you be, must be thinking is the Ganeshas back then were much bigger. Uh, Buddhist deep cuts. I gotta edit that one out. That's such a dumb oh, joke. Boy. For more information on the previous joke, see the Great Lions Roar discourse in the middle link discourses of the Buddha. Anyway, well, um, did you did you do anything super notable about it? Do you have a good time the whole the whole time? Um, uh, yeah. Did I, you go uh, shit? I'm really uh, I'm really tired of this. <laughs> no, um, I admittedly didn't get as much contemplation outside of ritual. Like, that's my only critique for myself this year is that I could have done better about carrying it with me all the fucking time. It's, it's Sh- Ganesha Chaturthi in my heart all year. But I did do significant ritual every day. First thing when I woke up, I would go and I would give mantra and I would burn incense and all of that good stuff. Um, I, as I, I talked about this in the Discord, I think, but the last couple of years I've been doing it, the way it seems to go is I start out very traditional and try to do things very by the book. I go through pretty much every year, like four different books and websites that are telling you like how to do all this stuff personally. Cause Chaturthi is a really big deal in India. It's like, it's a huge, huge holiday. People go nuts for it. So there's lots of how to's of like how to do this properly in your home. So I end up like scouring all of those and trying to like put together what I think is the right version. So I try to start out doing being very traditional like that. And then as it goes on, I get more and more coyote with it. Right. Doing right. just, I start doing, doing more uh, improvised sorts of things. And then I, about halfway through it, I always do one big tantric offering with the five M's of tantric practice (laughs) i don't remember them in sanskrit but it's meat fish alcohol parched grain and sex Mm, sex (laughs) and mm, (laughs) five remember kids the five m's of meat (laughs) mm, fish mustard Mm, fish (laughs) sorry No, yeah, yeah, and I do one of those, and it's always a fun time. It's, you know, I I do uh, something ripped off from a Tibetan Ghana Chakra type thing, kind of, is what I end up doing, combined with, like, the the big tantric Ganapati sect texts that I'm pretty sure are not correct because they seem really old and written by someone that probably thought Ganesha was Janus. (laughs) And then after that, I go towards... What is something that's a lot more common to my actual practice? I start doing the um, Tibetan Ganesha and Ganapati Tantra practices. End up doing a lot of sadhana for the big 12-armed red Ganapati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. But And that's a, it's always a fun time for me in that. Anyway, back to the point of all of this. Is, that uh, Chaturthi's pretty dope. That's the big point. Yeah. <laughs> it is. But yeah, like every day I was doing something and I did r- actual ritual as not not even just like sitting down and doing offerings, but like very involved things at least once a day. And I got I got kind of burnt out towards the end of it, but it was more so because I've just had a very rough week 
of when it turned the end yeah. on a Friday. Yeah. So it was already sort of like <laughs> it was already getting uh, to be a lot because that was like the end. I still had two more days of work. And well, then I was like, fuck, I've been doing this for a week. Yeah, that's my uh, thing where it was uh, the the night that it ended where I, I got up. At, I got up at like five in the morning to to actually walk to a, a river to to be a bad person and i used (laughs) (laughs) just admitting to a crime on a podcast it's not a crime what it's littering at best you know my ganesha statue that i made out of a car battery and some play-doh going right in the river to be fair the the clay that i used is uh you know, it wasn't baked or anything. It should it really dissolve. There's nothing in it that should be a, a hazard to anything. There's already clay in the riverbed. Lock him up, officer. Prison. <laughs> Prison. I think I, I forever. I, I did say it in, in the Discord where there's nothing illegal per se about going on a walk at five in the morning carrying the idol of a foreign god but it's definitely not something you want to have to explain to people (laughs) let me see your hands i can't drop the god i'm sorry he'll be super mad (laughs) ganesh is gonna be super (laughs) that reminds me of a really dumb uh, story the point is sorry i'll go i'll do my thing real quick the point is i got up at like five in the morning to do that and then i went to work and then i worked all day got off and then immediately got dragged out to a, to a bar. So we were going to be hanging out for like an hour because we were watching a friend's band perform, which was cool. It was a good time, but I, I thought it was going to be. And then I, I got like one beer in me. Wait, let's just go. And then we, we ended up spending a lot longer out. So it was like right into the, right into the sin the day after. But you know I was, the worst what? part about it is? It was Michael Miss. You made that shit up. Stop lying that Michael Miss. For those of you that don't know, Michael Miss is the feast of St. Michael, the Archangel, and all the angels, which just so happened to be the last day of Chaturthi this year. So, like, it ended, and I told everyone in the Discord, like, you know, all right, it's all over, everybody. And then immediately it was like, happy Michael Miss. And co-host refuses to believe that it's well, real. when you were talking to me about it, you were like, hey, yeah, Rudolf Steiner suggested that it was the second most important holiday. And, and I just thought, like, you're name dropping people. You're trying to make this sound like, like if you want to celebrate a fake holiday, fine. But like, why do you need to lie to me about it? I'm already game. Oh, uh, boy. Did you have any profound insights this year? Nothing that I could verbalize to you on a podcast where I just talked about how Michael misses fake <laughs> to everyone else that participated in it. We know, you know where we... you live. <laughs> We're going to find you. We know what you did in the river. <laughs> oh, that was the story I was trying to tell. It's the, um, you know, the, the old story of the, the guy gets told by his guru that he's Brahmin and he's like, I, I, I'm a bad motherfucker. I'm Brahmin. And someone keeps yelling at him to get out of the road and he's like i'm not i'm don't you understand i'm brahmin i'm the ultimate special expression of red and then he gets like yeah and then his teacher's like you idiot that you should have realized that the person telling you to get out of the way was also brahmin (laughs) should have listened to him i'm just imagining that with the cop (laughs) 
Officer, you don't understand. It's the supreme expression of Godhead, and he <laughs> shoots you 17 times. Like, you fool. I am also the supreme expression the, of God. A police officer shooting you and proclaiming themselves the supreme expression of Godhead <laughs> is not the look you want. Oh God! Next segment. Um. Okay. <laughs> Since you've already destroyed the format, what what is this next segment? I know it's all it's it's going to be something in topsy turvy world. What uh, it's going to be? What, was, what? Uh, look uh, at what, 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 the what, what, moon. <laughs> is that it? Is that what we're about now? What's going on? <laughs> What was the segment that uh, <laughs> no, Gary suggested? <laughs> Name your child. Name your child. <laughs> oh, God. No, 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 no. I, I'm sorry I messed with the format. I promise from here on out in this episode, we're going to do everything 100% by the book. I'm super excited to be here with you. I'm super excited that we're only... It might even be the next episode that we're we're sitting on one year of having done this podcast together, and you're just my best friend, and I'm so glad you're here. Oh, I love you. You see, I changed the format oh, because I was normally nice Normally, you. you're me. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on, you know you want to well, do it still. At least I can ask. What's in the news? What is in the news indeed? We could talk about the spending bill that just got passed like a couple days ago. Yeah, at like midnight. Yeah, the, real, they, those fuckers, they just... 11th they, the, hour shit, man. They, they, they can't get any excitement out of anything in their lives. That's the, that's what this is. That's what the shit's These really about. These are thrill-seeking maneuvers. Is, this, this is like edging for them. <laughs> <laughs> this is like autoerotic asphyxiation of a nation. <laughs> Al Sharpton, what the hell? This is the this is the autoerotic asphyxiation of a nation. What is going on? Right before midnight, Biden had to sign it, which you know had to be great because he's sleepy. Dope him up on all sorts. They had to give him like seventeen Adderall and like tape the pen into his hand. He's just he's just literally sitting there in his jammies and like his comically long <laughs> nightcap that like trails down to his waist. And he's like he's holding his teddy bear and he's like, I, all I got to do is sign this and I can go to bed. Yep. Yeah. He's like, OK. And then they leave. Will you leave the door cracked? <laughs> oh, oh, man. See, you started talking like the the jammies and the comically long nightcap, and I immediately thought, and he's got like a candle holder, <laughs> even though the lights are on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, spirits, why have you visited me in this the midnight hour <laughs> on the day before Christmas?" What the spending bill was passed? There, what day is it? Why? Why it's Christmas Day, sir? Well, there's spent. The Congress did it all in one night. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, uh, you man, gotta I'm love glad was... we got our yucks out of this one because this was like the nothingest story ever because this happens like every fucking couple of months. Well, it's now. great because it's going to happen again in 45 days. <laughs> the notable thing about it is that they, they wanted like no funding for Ukraine. 
They were like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll spend, we'll keep everything running, but you can't give any more money to the Ukraine, which is, I just don't know what to say at this point where it's like, y'all hate Russia, but you don't want to give the Ukraine money. And it's like, this feels like a contradiction. And I'm not, I'm not even saying that I'm cool with all the, the large amounts of money that we're sending to, to ha engage in a proxy war with Russia. But I know that the, I just know that the GOP by and large doesn't care for Russia that much either. Uh, they're, they're slowly starting to like them in the way that like you admire like strong nationalistic governments. That's kind of what they're about now. Like they're not, they don't love, they don't love Putin. They've got like the the leather jacket tough guy respect for them. Like mm, it's like I don't like you, but I wish I could be you. Right, exactly. Ugh. Do you want to do you want to take bets on what they're gonna cut? What they're gonna try to cut next when this runs out in forty five days? <sighs> Medicare. I was hoping for something funny, like, but yeah, it's just going to be like, no, like it wouldn't be anything anyway, let's funny. Let's balance the budget by cutting every entitlement for anyone. Let's balance the budget by getting rid of Nancy Pelosi's um, child farm. <laughs> That's what we will cut the money from. It, you know, of course, it's interesting that not one of these fuckers ever made the idea of like, what if ever, what if Congress just took a pay cut? You know, like, you know, it wouldn't pass, but it'd be interesting if at least one person suggested it. Here's the thing. I think like the Ted Cruz types and like the AOC types have like tried to use that before. And if you're sitting here wondering, like, what the hell do you mean by an AOC or a Ted Cruz type? Like, where do that's a Venn diagram that doesn't touch. I mean, like, ultimately, nobody politicians that are really good at staying in the limelight. Like, let's be honest, right? Like, that's what both of those figures are. AOC has, like, accomplished nothing in her entire political career. Ted Cruz has accomplished nothing but freezing people to death in his political hey, career. Hey, 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 hey. He, he also gave Trump a lot of opportunity to look like a big, tough man. <laughs> he also bit his tongue when a man said his wife was yeah, ugly. He said, he said, should have, wait, was that Ted Cruz? I think that was, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Like it probably happened more yeah, than once, yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty he, sure that he, was Ted sir, Cruz. Ted Cruz's big claim to fame is being a presidential fluffer for Donald Trump and the Zodiac killer. He, he wishes <laughs> he fucking wishes he was the Zodiac killer. The Zodiac Killer would not be getting cucked like that, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Old Zodiac would, uh, would have done something about it. So you said, what about my wife? We're just gonna, we're gonna send this, we're gonna send this little cipher to your oh. Howdy, everyone. As usual, all the fun stuff happens after we record. So, as you already know, Kevin McCarthy got stripped of his role as Speaker of the House, and it was super funny. Everyone having a ball with that one. Um, eight Republicans turned on him. The entirety of the Democrats in the House voted against him, except for Nancy and a few others who just weren't even there that day. We don't have a replacement yet, and everything's kind of up in limbo. Wah, wah, wah. It's pretty funny, though. Normally, I wouldn't even say anything, but we don't talk about it for the rest of this time. So here you go. Here's your little thing to say that we know it happened. Uh, what, what else is there?
A baby found in a railway car. What on earth? Let's see. God, there's so much shutdown news that is all like pointless. Oh, I mean, it's not pointless. Like, it's this de- whole stuff. With- it's definitely worth remembering that like the sheer amount of people that would be forced to work while not being paid and then wouldn't even get back pay. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Imagine being. Well, uh, I just mean. Yeah. like Okay, go ahead. No, no, yeah, no, no, just, no. You're right. You're right. But meanwhile, every one of those fuckers that's, uh, you know, playing chicken, legislative chicken, they'd still get paid. It's shit that we all know about and none of us are okay with, except the people that would have to actually make that decision and change that are the ones that are directly benefiting from it. It's that no faith in institutions thing. Oh, speaking of which, then I guess uh, the writer's strike and the actor's strike ended, right? Mm, that deal got made. It still has to be ratified, let I me, believe. Hang on, so. let, me, let me check. That way we can give these people some decent information for once in our goddamn lives. Yeah, they voted to end. The, they, end they officially ended the strike on the 27th at midnight so it's officially over the deal i'm pretty sure it's you know again like you think they're gonna renege on the deal now that would be fucking suicide yeah well i'm i'd be interested to get into a deeper dive of the implications because i know a lot of it was trying to deal with the the ai large language model stuff oh oh, i i actually real quick before we go off on that um i for i actually misspoke the sag strike is still on oh there you go the writer's strike is over, but the sat the actor's strike is still on. Well, so well, solidarity that's going to be in the spirit of what you were just talking about with AI. That's definitely going to be another one of those hard ones because the screenwriters guild actually did win pretty sizable anti. Well, I'm looking at I'm, measures, I'm seeing complete, I guess I'm seeing complete contractual bans on using AIs to write scripts. Yeah, and then like they have to be notified if AI was used in materials presented to them to write with and shit like that it's really interesting like very very interesting to see that sort of thing i like that but i think the screen actors guild is going to be the big one because that's going to start going down to likenesses oh right right and oddly if oddly enough i think it might as as scary a thought as this is this might have to be a protective measure from the union side because I don't see legislation being able to catch up with this problem quick enough to make laws about it. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. We cannot count on the government to save us, so we must save ourselves. Otherwise, the Skynet's going to get us. Well, Hollywood actors have to save themselves. I, um, you know, let's be honest. There's a lot of those people are very working class and have a lot of the same struggles as I do, but some of them are Fran Drescher. But do you love Fran Drescher? I do. I do love me some Franny. You do know she's the president of the Screen Actors Guild, right? What? You didn't know that? No. I don't have a joke about this. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't have anything to say about that. I, I just didn't know. I was like, but that's, you know, that's, that's really neat. That's a, it's a very, it's a good win. I'm sure it, nobody got everything they wanted. You never do, but hopefully this is some sizable. So these are some sizable gains and, you know, we'll, we'll see more of this stuff in the future. And hopefully this encourages other industries and other groups of workers to unionize and really throw their collective weight around. I think it already has. Well, maybe not directly, but I think the pressure has turned. Union pushback is, is becoming a thing again, which is, 
I, I, I'm trying not to be cynical, so I'm going to say it's a good it thing. It wasn't on my bingo card, I'll say that much. Didn't see it, like, did not see this coming. Didn't think it was going to, didn't think it was an option. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. What else? What else? What else? Man replaces organs with Elmer's glue. What kind of news site is this? Zuckerman's famous pig. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, Diane Feinstein's dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who would have seen that coming? Except us when we talked about her. Yeah. Very shortly. Yeah. Like two episodes yeah. ago. <laughs> Part of me gets the impression that somebody had to realize that she was on the way out and they just let her die on the bench type thing. And I just don't. Something about this just isn't kosher. You know, I don't. You know, you're 90 years old. You shouldn't be trying to, you shouldn't be trying to wield political power. You shouldn't be trying to get reelected or this, that. And I feel like there's just established powers within the Democratic Party that were like, ah, come on, Diane, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep going. It's for the good of, it's for the good of the group, for the good of the party, you know? And uh, just something about yeah. that seems a little disgusting. But I could also be way off the mark. It could be that she's like, yeah, I will, y'all, I'll take, <laughs> You can take this seat from me when you pry it out of my cold, dead hands, you know? And that's equally as awful and just in a different direction. I'm just genuinely not a fan of these old coots falling down the stairs and then trying to, I, I think Louis said it, people who aren't going to live the next 10 years making policy decisions that are going to affect the next 50, it's just not a good thing. It's not a good, it's not a good long-term idea. Not a good long-term plan. And you'd be like, oh, well, it's ageist or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Guess what? You know? You wouldn't say the same thing about Bernie, would you? And it's like, well, no. In fact, if Bernie's political actions have told me anything, oh, yeah. Bernie it's will, like, Bern maybe just being that old doesn't work for you after a while. Sorry. I like Bernie a lot more than I like a lot of politicians, but it's like, I wouldn't vote for him for president at this point. He, he was pushing it the last two times he ran. It was just, he was, he seemed like the best option. Oh he, no, the even Bernie if, bros. Oh yeah. yeah. If it canceled. wasn't, if Bernie's. You're going to lose subscriber. It is weird how Bernie Sanders has completely fallen out of the, uh, the, um, the political equation, right? Mm, yeah. He's going to, he's well, done. He's going to be like, he's going to be like Feinstein for Feinstein. I think I, it's Feinstein. Why do you keep saying Feinstein? <laughs> I keep flip-flopping is, flip is the problem. <laughs> and I think you corrected me the first time we talked about it. Is it like a Berenstein's Bears it, thing? It, yeah, I don't I don't know what universe I'm in now. You got Mandela effect and I got I got Diane Feinstein's. Uh, oh boy. The Feinstein Bears. <laughs> The Feinstein Bears find the stairs. <laughs> oh man. Um, do we want to talk about Britney Spears dancing with knives, even though Brookhouse isn't here? I mean, what what can you say about it? Dancing dancing with knives in a circle, you know? Could it seems a little spooky? I guess. I think we did this. I think it's entirely us. The supreme magical power of just taking credit for things. <laughs> I'm just saying, think about it. You know, first, how many have we had now? We had Andrew Tate. We had Greta Thunberg. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a good one. We had uh, 
Who is the other one we have? We had a, at least one more that I was thinking of. LeBron James. Um, LeBron James. <laughs> no, that wasn't it. We have um, we got Diane Feinstein from the last one because we talk about her and now she's dead. Going back to the Mitch McConnell thing where we were talking about it, where it's like when these people f- lose that protection and they just crumple. I almost wanted to go with that, but I was also like, well, no, you're 90 years old. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you lost the protection of bones that are ho- that aren't hollow on the inside. <laughs> you lost deposits it's, of calcium. Yeah, yeah. it's. I mean, but it's also just like Carter. It's like you know, you know, I don't really feel. I don't feel particularly bad about making about making light of this because she was ninety years old, probably had the best care in the world, and was literally holding. I mean, it's yeah. the same as what we're going to say when Jimmy Carter dies yeah. and the same thing that we said when Jimmy Carter said he was going into hospice care. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry, you're mortal. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. All mortal. Yeah, you had, a, it sad? you had a great run compared to a lot of people. Shit. <laughs> Here's a good one. And this is from the, the Discord. Bible reading Pentagon commanders halted UFO research over fears aliens were demons. Kenneth Grant be like, <laughs> you're saying that like it's a bad thing. I, I think it's very interesting in in that sort of uh you never really think about the overwhelming Christian background of this country until certain things like that come up. And I don't even think the vast majority of Christians are like, Oh, they're demons. But like, you know, <laughs> just by virtue of the majority of pe- of people, particularly I'd imagine Pentagon being an overwhelming Christian background. And then you got to think, here's the thing that right? means that a- this is what I think. I think that even if you aren't of a particularly Christian background, even if you're not a true believer, as it were, being in that position where you have that much authority and information and being presented with something that represents an existential threat to your own existence and worldview, even if it's not a deeply, deeply ingrained one, I definitely could understand how you would get into a mode to think, well, fuck, I guess they're demons. (laughs) Look, 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 I, I understand don't, I don't. it. <laughs> Think about it. Like, you know, if you're getting shown like all this sort of stuff and you have to start questioning like all these implicit beliefs you've had just but why would absorbing them through cultural osmosis, you start doubling down hard on what's why familiar. Would you, why would you, especially when you think they might have space lasers? Bro, 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 why would you halt the UFO research then? That's a bad idea. It's like, man, if they are demons, it's going to be worse. No, that means they no, have no. You that, think you no, can, no, no. You think you can get over some devils by just being a better devil? You think you can, you think you can do like outthink the devil? Look, 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 look. I can't remember who the fuck said this quote, but it was some, some, some was, uh, nerd. The only thing that the devil cannot do better than you is be humble. So humble yourself, and it's the only, it is the only area where you might excel the devil himself. I don't believe in the devil; they're not their devil. Well, I know so that. Like, well, I go. I I'm talking. I I forgot the point. I'm even trying to make I, here. No, I was just trying to make a joke is, about fucking doubling down is, on no, shit. No, no, no. My point is that if you 
think that the UFOs are demons, you need to figure out how to get holy water into a Scud missile. Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you're going to halt research? You need to know where they come from so you can shoot. You need to be able to nuke hell. Don't you want to? Like, this is how you're going to win the war. I need the longitude and latitude of this the is how, dark yeah. if, look, 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 if you had reason to believe that there was a portal where the demons were coming through on magic spaceships and tricking people, why are you going to halt research? You need to figure out how to literally shoot the devil with a bazooka. You remember You remember a couple episodes ago where we were talking about how we have like one fucking 60-year-old listener who's like, these boys are great. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I started listening to them after I stopped listening to Alex Jones. They're having the best episode <laughs> ever. They're freaking the fuck out at this shit. They're like, yes! Yep, yep. 100%. <laughs> he's just like scrawling a frantic letter to us that he's going to send to some address <laughs> that we have joked about being at one time. He's going to literally just write Golga knows a compound. <laughs> CMN, Golga knows a compound. And then stick it in the mailbox like a letter to Santa. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, that's that's my problem. It's like you need to fi- when you want to figure this out, why would you want to just halt research? Like what? Now that now you're just not going to talk about the demons and now the demons are going to fuck you up because you didn't do any research. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I think it turns into the whole if if you believe they're demons, then you just ignore them and have faith in God. Just hope hope like, the demons maybe go. Maybe that's the worst part. Just hope the demons maybe go that's away. Like, that's no, that's awful. No, no, no. Think about it. Like maybe that's that might have been like the action. The way they phrase it is like, well, we're going to stop doing the research program. But when the reality of what it is is that they started like, well, we're going to put strategic crucifixes <laughs> into the satellites to, to orbit the planet. They're just like, no, this is God's will. This is a sign of the end time. So we need to just let them keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> just let them cook, man. Shh. Revelations is going to be lit. Shit. What we should be thinking about is all the UFO information we have gotten and start questioning that if these guys are saying that we're going to ignore it because it's the devil, then why are they telling us stuff? I, yeah, that's... New theory. They knew about this story and they, in order to, to balance out the narrative, they released a bunch of fake UFO information. <laughs> shameful absolutely shameful now i what i uh, what i think that this probably is because it it's it's really like one guy saying like hey there were dudes in the pentagon that were trying to stop my research because they were fundamentalist sort of things so what i think it probably is is that they wanted to cut his funding because they weren't finding anything <laughs> he was like it's because of that damn bible <laughs> Do we want to talk about uh, do we want to talk about Bob Menendez and the the five hundred thousand dollars in cash they found in his closet? I thought you would never ask. I don't even have anything. I don't even have a whole lot to say about that beyond like you really like you just couldn't think of a better spot for it. Just had to like just shove it in the closet. What was his explanation like, for having the money? What was the whole point for of it? thirty? He's like, I don't trust for banks. thirty years. I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account for emergencies and because of the history of family of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Now it's worth remembering that Bob Menendez was not from Cuba. His family was, he was born here, but that doesn't like, I guess they could be like, nah, Bobby, you got to hide the money because if it's in the bank, they'll just take it. I don't know. When the communists take over, Yeah. when the communists take over, you'll all have to share one closet. (laughs) It's it's definitely like 
you have all this money laying around, so clearly there's something weird, and there's a reason that you can't just put it in your bank, I guess. But like, there wasn't a better, more direct money laundering option. You just had to like hide it in the closet. And it's like, I use the closet. My wife uses the mattress. We have a million dollars in cash somewhere in this house. Do you know what the actual charge was? No. Well, it's, it's a corruption charge, but it's allegations that Menendez, his wife, Nadine, and three other people provided sensitive U.S. government information and took other steps that would secretly aid the government of Egypt. Treason, then. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a horse of a different color. That's, you know, that's pretty bad. Oh, oh, you see, I don't know. The problem is, is this one completely blindsided me. I didn't know that this was a thing until I saw the headlines talking about finding obscene amounts of money in his closet. Just didn't know. You know, I have to, I got to own up to that one. I just did not know the details. I just heard that he was from New Jersey and assumed like mafia, <laughs> like no bullshit. <laughs> Thought it was like a Sopranos episode. Pretty rough. Definitely. Pretty rough. Uh, do we have a parrot headline for the week? Well, I, this isn't like a goofy, a goofy haha headline, but maybe a little one of like, they finally arrested somebody in the Tupac Shakur murder. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. It's just the problem is like someone beat me to the best joke. A uh, bunky in our Discord said, "Huh, that's a weird way to spell Shug." I mean, he totally like uh, he definitely had involvement, but uh, you know, they, there were other people. It's not like Shug. It's not like Shug just came out with a with an AR fifteen and just went. You know, like there, there were other steps nah, involved. I mean, well, but what I know about Suge Knight says that it would be Suge Knight walking out and going, <laughs> you know, between Vanilla Ice and then him running over that guy on the set of fucking Straight Outta Compton. Oh man, yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah, Suge Knight has like no self control <laughs> apparently. For the record, this is the same person that. Uh, well, it wasn't his home; it was his wife's home, but. That the two months ago when there was the raid to look for evidence, they actually uh they actually found enough and they decided, all right, we, we can actually arrest this person. He was a uh he he said that he was like a witness of what happened, but I guess now they're they're believing that he had something to do with it, which is I just I'm not even uh I just don't even know what to say about the idea of that after all these years they I feel like it might be a case of like at the time the police didn't give a shit, but then like now as time has gone on, it's like a lot of the cops in that area probably listened to Tupac and they're like, man, we need to find a real kill. We need to find who did this. Man, this is fucked up. And then they were like, wait a sec. Man, they had all kinds. Of, they didn't do they didn't do any kind of investigating last time, did they? Shit. This guy still lives here. Let's go. Let's go find, let's go knock on the door. But then the other thing too is how do you not, how do you still leave behind evidence <laughs> when it was in 96? Did they say what the evidence was? Was it like, here's a picture of me posing with Tupac as he's bleeding. I had his bloody bandana. <laughs> it said to Maurice. I don't know who Maurice is, but. All right. I guess that's enough news for one week, right? Yeah. Good enough for me. So, you're ready for our culture piece, then. Who, me? 
No, the the listeners. Yes, you. God, you're fucking with the format again, aren't you? How how is this one fucking with the format? I don't even know. Do we even actually have like an ending segment format? I mean, you just talk just about like we just talk about stuff that nobody cares about. Yeah, exactly. We just show That's up. This show. We're like, hey, I had a thing. Here's a thing. What is the thing this week? Uh, well, it's not just a thing. It's a bunch of things. Oh yeah, is it is it because we have a brand new segment? <laughs> yes. We are messing with the format because we have a new segment. <laughs> I don't know if it's really a new segment. It's just a great <laughs> it's just a great title. <laughs> the fringe and the cringe. We're going to look at uh we're going to look at a handful of stories that weren't really enough to uh to be their own thing, but they work in kind of a lightning round sort of way where we're going to do a little bit of a scattershot approach to uh, some some out there ideas and some interesting uh, mysteries of this world of ours. So to start with, we're going to talk about a uh, bit of a, a history conspiracy, I'd suppose. Personal or? Well, have you heard of the mythical land of Tartaria? Yes, in fact, I have. Yes, have you? So you know of the glory of the Tartarian Empire. Yeah. Would you like to share the idea with the listeners? Then there's uh, it's it's actually a really complex subject because a lot of people have written on it, and then the internet got a hold of it, and a lot of people did even more writing about it. So now it's it's one of those things that where you can talk. Say, oh yeah, it's Tartaria. It's a it's a matter of how crazy do you go with it. But the broad strokes of it is the idea that there was before anyone got to America, the grand Tartarian empire had already been there and had built up mega structures and cities and stuff that were already existing there. And that instead of building America, at least the European colonizers of America really just sort of moved on in and unearthed stuff. Like they talked about, like they found, they found these cities Buried in the mud. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. The Washington Monument, that's, they didn't build that. That was already in the ground. That, and this is where, like, certain levels of crazy go, where it's like, there's some versions I heard where it's like, yeah, the Tartarians could harness uh, ambient electrical charge in the air to generate electricity, and they did that with these big pointy buildings. <laughs> <laughs> Like shit like that. And they had like, you know, like the Zeppelins existed. The Zeppelin was actually created in uh like, you know, the the year 1000 and stuff like and it basically puts it as like the the Catholic Church where it's it's part of it, it's so it's wrapped up a little bit in like the phantom time theory where it's like the Catholic Church manipulated the oh, calendar. No, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's the broad strokes is that speci- like America. Well, was- you, you, did, you did miss out on one distinct part of it. The other thing is that, see, Tartaria itself is like a mega continent made out of like Asia, Mongolia. It's like uh, essentially like it, it okay tartaria itself is like kind of like a mega empire that is like parts of afghanistan and kazakhstan and mongolia and like china and the far east of russia and stuff like that and they like spread out all over the fucking place but the the big thing to remember is that those cities and stuff that they found in the mud are because of a depopulating mud flood 
that is apparently a thing. Oh it's yeah, like the yeah, whole, yeah. everything yeah. just gets like covered and all, and all these buildings get covered up. All these people die and then they have to rebuild. There's oh, wait, also wait. theories I think that I... during world war one and world war two, that like the extensive bombings and fightings were also destroying, um, remnants of Tartaria. Oh, uh, the, the great Chicago fire is, uh, supposedly that was started <laughs> to cover, to destroy the Tartarian structures, to hide the truth, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah. So not only is it like there's conspiracy to hide the Tartarian empire, it's not just like, oh, we, we don't, people just don't want to accept it's valid. There's an active conspiracy to destroy evidence that this thing ever existed. And also I think the other part that I forgot to mention is like, Somewhere along this, it's like the Irish people are the original Israelites. <laughs> I didn't know about that. One. Yeah, See, this, is, what I, this yeah. is my problem. The more you talk about this one, I feel like you're completely right in that it's it once it once the internet there's, age took off with it, it like yeah, it got a life of its own. There's multiple levels of crazy, and there's this multiple starts levels to sound of like um. This starts to sound like the uh, what is it the like the Sino um. Oh, what's that fucking shit called? Like the Sino-Korean Lumeria War or whatever. Oh, right, right. Yeah. We're like just... that sort that 4chan shit that's like a yeah. whole crazy alternate history with Jedi's and nonsense like that. It's sounding like that more and more the longer we go on. Absolutely, absolutely. But it's also the important distinction that this is not like a gag, or at least for the most part, this isn't a gag. There are people that genuinely believe this, and a lot of the original Tartaria sources are rooted in like 1800s bad archaeology <laughs> you know there were there were fringe dudes that were like writing books where it's like hey i think that it's it isn't it weird that sanskrit and uh gaelic seem to have some odd connections maybe they're maybe they're the same thing <laughs> or some shit like that you know <laughs> The interesting thing about this for me is one of my tattoo artists, when I was getting some work done, talked to me about this idea of the mud flood at one point. He's like, it's a really interesting theory. It's like, I don't know if I believe it, but there's a lot of information on it that's very, it's very that's interesting what to think people, that that's what they that's always what people say. say when they believe it, but they don't want to, yeah, <laughs> they don't want to say that shit. Well, I don't know. That's not always true because I find the Tartaria thing very interesting because it's like crazy, you know? Yeah, because you believe it because you're crazy. <laughs> I do not I would go on the record saying that I think that the Tartaria thing is absolutely bogus. You know what Tartaria is? Tartaria is where they invented the sauce. <laughs> oh, that's so much funnier than what I was going to say. Like, mom, can we stop and get hyperborea? <laughs> we have hyperborea at home. Oh, man. Why do people just like antediluvian civilizations, you know? just all it comes down to we want to we we want to desperately because it's like the graham hancock thing it's like we'd really like the idea that that we somehow missed a giant civilization and then the idea that they would be ancient but also sufficiently technologically they don't have to be like they don't have to have like hover cars but like they have to be further along with technology than anyone else was at the time we really love that idea there's something appealing mm -hmm. about it mm-hmm but the problem is, is that when we finally find it, it's going to be really bad because it's not going to be a human civilization. It's going to be like, you know, H.P. Lovecraft, ancient yeah, it's ones. Yeah, a great race of yith kind of shit. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, they're going to be, it's like, man, they had this strange technology we don't understand. 
because it had to be operated with a strange worm-like pendulum appendage. Yeah, and a removable brain. Yeah. So, in the interest of fringe and cringe, where do you, uh, where, so one being absolutely cringe, 10 being completely super fringe, fringe being the good one, I guess. How, where <laughs> do you, where, where do you rank the Tartaria conspiracy? Here's the thing. As a baseline idea, it's not that bad. It's like five. But when you start adding to it more and more, where once you start getting to the, yeah, the, the, the London bombings were part of an effort to get rid of more artifacts. And like the, the White House is a leftover of the previous Tartarian Empire. Once you get to that level stuff, it takes it up to about like two for me. So it's like a, it's I think cringe the, as hell. The, the idea that like they had ancient, old, they had like old world Tartarian zeppelins and uh, they had and like the, <laughs> the, 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 the Nikola Tesla ambient current generator things. Like that's where it really, really loses me because it's just like, this is steampunk. Or whatever. I don't even know what you'd call it, but it'd um, make a great setting for like yeah, a shonen anime. Abs- no, not even that. It'd be like a great thing for like uh like that'd be like a, that'd be my pitch for like a tabletop RPG setting. <laughs> you're in the old you're in old world Tartaria, or you're discovering the remnants of a Tartarian city. But that's the problem. The problem is, is that if you find the remnants of a Tartarian city, it's like, oh shit, I'm in uh I'm in Burbank. <laughs> Oh man. It's very uh it's very brave new world in a way, isn't it? How so? Like the the statues of Ford and stuff like that. Oh right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think there's some elements of it that would be very neat, especially as fiction. Yeah. <laughs> but um the But the, as a belief structure, the Irish, it's pretty fucking the, cringe. The Irish are the original Israelites and the the Catholic Church made like fake Israelites or or made fake Jews to send to Israel is like, uh, that's yeah. I mean, that's when it, that's when it drops it firmly to like a one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just because like the Catholic church did, well, it's like the Catholic church has done some bad shit, crazy stuff, but like, huh? See that, that one specifically makes me think that someone's like yanking your chain because I feel like that's like the Ethiopians are the actual Israelites kind of thing, like turned on its head, you know? Oh no, no, no. Cause this comes from, a, uh, yeah, I'll just, I'd have to send you the link, but this comes from somebody who is actually like a big deal in the Tartaria community. Oh yeah. Well, how is, quickly does that just turn anti-Semitic then? Like, isn't that where that goes once you start oh, saying like, no, immediately. Oh, right. yeah, immediately. Yeah. Are you kidding? No. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, that's a running... The problem is that's a running theme in most conspiracies that go, like, super off the rails. There's always, like, the anti-Semitic variant if they're not outright anti-Semitic yeah. to begin with. Yeah, but, you know, uh, again, there's some... <laughs> the whole... I Also, the, the idea that there was, like... Uh, it's, yeah, it wasn't a flood. It was like a mudslide, like one big mudslide, <laughs> and it just everybody. Oh no! What do you think they did with all of the ancient Tartarian bodies as they were excavating cities? Are you aware of a Mr. Michael Cremo? I am not. Is he a? Is he another like fringe history guy? Oh, yes. Yes, he is. So 
Let me give you a little background on Cramo. He was born in Schenectady, New York. He went to Washington University, and Cramo is a member of ISKCON, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. For those who don't know, they're the Hare Krishnas. Oh. The, there's the ones at the airport that, you know, give you the books. Lovely. I like their hair. Mr. Cramo, as you would imagine, while being an educated man, is not a uh, professor of history. Or, he's just kind of a, he calls himself a freelance researcher. <clears throat> okay, bad sign. Yeah. Red flag on the play. He wrote a book with uh, Mr. Richard Leslie Thompson, who is also a, uh, he, he's another uh, white guy from New York who's a member of ISCON. So they met so, at the uh, meeting. What? Yep, yep. And they were like, you know what we should write a book about? And Cramo said, yes, I do. Forbidden archaeology, the hidden history of the human race. Go on. So this book was written in 1993, right? And it is essentially just giving the idea that the Vedas are right <laughs> and the earth is much, much older than they, they think it is. And we can find evidence of this by finding because there's all sorts of moments where he points to researchers finding bodies that are like older than they should be, but more advanced than they should be. Like mm. underneath less advanced oh, bodies gap. and stuff like that. And he gives you oh, all so not just gaps in the fossil records, but like, you know, the, the equivalent of like finding a, uh, finding things out of order. Yeah. Finding a Neanderthal next to a Triceratops. He strings these all together and he comes up with a very interesting theory that ultimately relates back to the Vedas are correct. And, um, yeah, um, <laughs> this book has been like dragged really fucking hard. Through it's the mud. Really bad. Through like, the Tartarian exactly. mud. <laughs> but I like it because it was one of I, I saw him give this talk on it when I was like really young, and I was like, whoa, this is wild. And then I Googled it and like just saw it get dragged. And it was the first time in my life where I ever saw something that was like really fucking out there and wild. But I was like, whoa, what if? And then I researched it and was immediately like, oh, th this is why you need to to to, to research things because no, if you had just gone why, off on that that would have been a bad road no, to go down no this is why you don't research you just go with what feels good <laughs> you <laughs> could have been hari shattered you could have been hari rama and rama rama and hari Haring all over this place this could have been krishna magic news krishna magic news and we would have been talking about the we would have been talking about the ancient apocalypse and all sorts of goodies. Well, the, and the fun one about this one isn't that it's it, it's an it's an alternate history one, but it is it's one that's not so rooted in like guess what what they told you was a lie. It's more like what they told you was inaccurate because no one wants to remember the Vedas because this is the Kali Yuga. <laughs> I like so it's not like Abraham Lincoln didn't really die; his head just did that. <laughs> it's nothing like that. Instead, it's like. Oh, no, 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 no. Humans have been around for much, much, much longer than anybody is willing to admit. And it's because you didn't read your damn Rig Veda. <laughs> Which, it's funny, just because of the way that the Vedas are structured and their myths are, it's somehow more logically consistent than read your damn bible not by much but like a little bit well yeah <laughs> like, well then, at least he's saying that like <laughs> at least he's saying that 
time existed before like Babylon. Right, right. In a in a way, it's almost the exact because now what because the problem with the uh, with like biblical with like biblical history is that it doesn't go back nearly far enough, and th- this is like the exact oh, yeah, opposite where it's, it's got more opposite, history where, than fits. <laughs> yeah, it's like all the other ones are trying to like change and alter and censor history in various ways to make their point, and this one's like, yeah, no, you only got volume one of history. It goes yeah, you did not get much the, you, no, 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 you. you Bro, you're like, you know, you you are you're like a little baby. You need to go back and <laughs> go back all the way. Like I get you, you know, you just playing in the sandbox, digging stuff up, saying, Oh, well, this was underneath this. And it's like, nah, fam. But okay. doesn't this also fall prey to the same problem? Because like the Vedas are full of like, you know, a lot of kooky stories. How quickly did this turn into like ancient aliens type stuff where it's like clearly this these older civilizations had massive technology? gains that we don't even have today oh yeah no that's exactly because that's part of his argument because it'll like look got you it found, got it flying cars uh-huh yeah you found dumb got caveman it. here without sharpened stick but if you go under you find man with sword mm-hmm. clearly advanced technology yeah 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 so and check that- this out this was definitely a cell phone <laughs> so it really does go into that like you know uh yeah, we had spaceships and we had we had spaceships and automatic rifles back then. You just, you know, you guys forgot because this is the degenerate age of the Kali Yuga. Yep, exactly. And we can get back to those flying cars if you will just Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, <laughs> Krishna, Hare um, Hare. Yeah. Yeah. I have two more alternative hits. I have three more alternative history ones. No, do we no, want to no, lump no, no. all Hold of on. these together Hold or do we want to? Well, okay. So we want to get, Sorry. all right. So what no, do we want to give stop. for Kramer? Yeah. What, Kramo, what do you, what do you think that like that one is less, I mean, he's not like, cause, cause that one's interesting because it really does just go. No, nah, there is absolutely, there's a lot more to this than you thought. And I'm sure there's a lot of like incorrect, bad archaeology and everything else in it. Oh yeah. Well, but I mean, it's that's not the like, entire point is that that's this is way, like really, it's, it's still way better than like fake Jews that are in the real ones <laughs> fake in Ireland Jews and the white house is millions of years old. And the, the Washington monument captures electricity for the, the Tesla death ray. <laughs> Again, like what it is, is creationism. It's Vedic creationism. Yeah, I suppose so. But just on the nature that like the, the Vedas are a lot less. Well, well, actually, here's the question. Is he, is he claiming like, is he claiming like Neanderthals are way older than we think? Or is it like that? They just Neanderthals just showed up or like, I don't he, remember. I'm trying to. Yeah. Cause I'm trying, my question here would be like, what about the human offshoots that we've, we've, uh, or, uh, or the human precursors? If humans were around, like, where, what are all these, like, missing link type evolutionary uh, critters? Because if the idea is like, oh, no, those are just, like, monkeys that threw and we just, and archaeologists keep thinking they're people because they're dumb, then that raises some further questions. Like, when did the first human evolve out of the muck and say, point me to the mantra? I think what, what he is claiming it seems is extreme human antiquity. So I'm guessing what he's saying is that the, so like all of these precursors are like a lot older than you would expect. They're either radically older or they're offshoots of a different caliber. Like maybe, yeah, I don't know. And that's what they, I, that's what yeah. I would say be the interesting part. Cause now it's like, 
It's, I don't know. It's still, I like, I still like this a lot better than the Tartaria thing in terms of like. It's more fringe than cringe, I think. I, I'll yeah, give it a, yeah, yeah. I'll give Less it a five. Cringe. I'll give it a five is what I'm going to give it. Sure. Because sure. at the end of the day, it's creationism. So it's still cringe. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. But it's not like, you know, it's not nearly fucking electromagnetic Giza pyramid um, and Abraham Lincoln was um, part of a Caesar lineage of Tartaria. <laughs> All right. You got, so you've got a couple more of these sort of yeah, phantom I, time hypothesis type. Oh deals. yeah. Well that, that was the one we were going to next was phantom time. Cause you'd mentioned it by name. Oh man. I love phantom time. I think F phantom time is if we're talking about unlikely, <laughs> These are all un incredibly unlikely, but the most likely, the one that at least makes the most convincing argument is Phantom Time. So do you want you want me to give them the broad stroke so we can talk about it? Yeah, yeah, because this one is actually pretty straightforward. So essentially, from AD 614 to 911, it's like a 297-year span. None of that happened. All of yeah. that was completely fabricated by... Holy Roman Emperor Otto the Third, Pope Sylvester the Second, and possibly Constantine the Seventh. Yeah, essentially, basically, to, to they, uh, they they wanted to put themselves at one thousand years after Christ's death because it was like a good year. It was an auspicious time, and back yeah, it's then, a good vintage. Yeah, yeah, it made it seem like you're it, it it. He wanted his specifically. He wanted his reign to begin on the year one thousand. Mm -hmm. By doing that, they basically had to cobble up about 300 years and then just sort of make things up. <laughs> and the, the argument is that there wasn't a whole lot of uh, cultural development during that period and that because the Catholic Church and by extension the, uh, the various governments of the time, particularly in the Hol Holy Roman Empire and stuff like that, the, these were, the ideas of calendars were, were really the dominion of the church and the aristocracy, like, you know, peasants didn't give nearly as much of shit. They said what year it was. So I, I, I who, who am I to, but the problem is, is that means that a lot of things like no, notably, you know, Charlemagne. Yeah. Yeah. The entire, that, that entire period will say basically didn't happen. Yeah. The entire so reign of Charlemagne from, didn't like just did, you know, they made all this shit up and, uh, there's a lot of things wrong with oh, it. Yeah. Well, here we have a, they gave us a bullet point list of the claims they made. So we can go yeah. through that there. Um, the claims of um, Herbert Illig, I think is mm -hmm. how we say his name or Herbert Illing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's he's Bavarian. Um, the claims he has made are that there's a scarcity. There's a scarcity of archaeological evidence that can be reliably dated to the period of 614 to 911 AD. That the dating methods used for such recent periods, radiometry and dendrochronology, are inaccurate. That medieval historians rely too much on written sources. That the presence of Romanesque architecture in 10th century Western Europe suggests that the Roman era was not as long ago as conventionally thought. And at the time of the introduction of the Gregorian calendar, there should have been a discrepancy of 13 days between the Julian calendar and the real tropical calendar, where the astronomers and mathematicians working for Pope Gregory the 13th had found that the civil calendar needed to be adjusted by only 10 days. 
So essentially what they're saying is that it was off by like 10 days instead of 13. And that means that people faked it. <laughs> yeah. And there's, a, there's just a lot of problems with this one that I well, hadn't even thought well, about. Say, you, that's the, the, the fun part of this is that he only makes like one claim. He only makes one real claim here is that they, that the, the proof that can be found by looking at this calendar issue and that, and then maybe you can add a second claim that the fact that Romanesque architecture is everywhere in 10th century Europe says that Europe is closer than we thought. Other than that, all he says is don't pay attention to the, the don't pay attention to the evidence. Don't pay attention to the dating methods. Don't pay attention to the people that wrote about it at the time. That's yeah, all he's yeah. saying. He's saying, this yeah. is wrong. This is wrong. And I can prove it because the calendar didn't match up. Yeah. And look at that building. Don't that look like Rome? <laughs> Which is honestly part of the uh, the Tartaria argument too, where they'll point at these buildings and say, "Look, this is like this is like Russian type architecture and has no business being here." And it's like that is not what it's like they, when you don't understand the finer details of architecture. Buildings probably just look a little bit like buildings, you know. Wait it's a minute! Like, wait a minute! Wait a minute! You're telling me things look like things? Oh my god! Yeah, in fact they do. In fact they do. <laughs> Oh man. But like I said, I, I, you know, uh, if I was going to put money on any of these, I would probably say the phantom time thing. Cause it, in a weird way, there is like a certain three lines of logic that really if does I go had like, to pick one of them. Yeah. Like if I absolutely had to pick one of them, well, and we're not done with this yet. So maybe, uh, we'll, maybe be. I'll give you a better one by the end of it. I doubt it. But if I had to pick one, yeah, I'd, I'd go with phantom time. Cause it doesn't well, seem like it's really then, that big a deal. And then even making the argument of like, you know, the over-reliance on the written word of like, you know, yeah, medieval medieval historians were all doing like word of mouth and whatever else they could read from other historians to cobble together history because that's all we had at, at a certain point was like historical accounts that yeah, added on to other criticism. That's a real criticism. We use that one against a lot of the Greek historians and the Roman historians that yeah, a lot like, of what they're got, writing is quoting other people that from sources we don't have. Yeah, and then you find out that like the guy that they quoted it from was like, nah, I didn't get, well, I got that from a dude who said that he wasn't actually there, but, uh, he knew a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can write. <laughs> yeah. But I know how to write. So like, I better get this. Again. It's like, it's better than any information is better than no information. So, but, and then the, there's just also something incredibly funny about the idea of like, Hey, you know, that really notable guy that has the incomprehensible to spell name. Yeah, he didn't exist. <laughs> he was a good. He was I fake. Always, I already forgot who we're talking about. How the fuck is there a G? <laughs> <laughs> we've we've gone Tartarian Empire. We've gone Phantom Time. Now, would you like to hear the new chronology? Oh, oh, oh! Actually, hold on. There's one more notable thing. You know who else doesn't exist? Oh wait, who? Muhammad. <laughs> what? Muhammad occupies the period the that same time period it's like the entire <laughs> life so it's like hmm that raises further questions but they have a different calendar so so you'd have to compensate you'd have to you'd have to compensate for uh could for you imagine other calendars. Like, no, what it is is that Muhammad was happening like it went a completely different time period than we think yep yep that's exactly what it oh, did. I love that yeah. all right so now the the new history wait no hang on we got to give a, a fringer cringe on that one don't we Oh, well, yeah, well, you can, like, I would give this like a, I'd give this like a six or a seven. Cause I remember yeah, I'll hearing give it a seven. this, I'll give I remember it a seven hearing this when I was that... like 
dramatically younger and like really being shook for a second where it's like, <gasps> but, um, at what the time just I just, it up? yeah. What if Miss Jenkins history <laughs> class is bullshit? Yeah. But I think that, um, it, it's important to remember that there is actually a lot more to history than simply the, the written accounts of, of people. But it is also interesting that the further and further you go back, the harder the line the the harder the more blurry the lines get and the harder it is to draw like airtight conclusions about certain things. There's a lot of stuff that we got down pat. The biggest knock on this one it's just astronomy. Yeah, where it's like, like no, hey, this, like yeah. the the history the written history of eclipses and various things like that seem to match up fine with what we know to be reality. Phantom sky hypothesis. <laughs> I want to see these ones get combined. That's how I want to, I want like flat earth phantom time. Oh yeah. There you go. Now you'll notice too, that that is actually a hallmark of uh conspiracies in the internet age too, where it's like everything starts getting lumped together where it's yeah, like, that's yeah, why it's, flat. That's why so many flat earthers are also a part of this. Like everything's Illuminati satanic panic stuff because they all just start coagulating together into a, a nasty clot. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so the new chronology is what the next one we got. You ready for it? Yes. So the central concepts of the new chronology are that, uh, it totally reconstructed the timeline portraying a history that is radically shorter than what is universally accepted based on a thesis that in effect compressed all of the record, all compressed all of the recorded history from the Neolithic to the early medieval ages into a period of less than a millennium long. <laughs> okay. So like basically everything happened super duper fast. According to Fomenko, that's the name of this gentleman. It's Anatoly Fomenko. Mm -hmm. According to Fomenko, the practice of written history only emerged at 800 AD with there being almost no real information about events that occurred between 800 to 10,000 the 800 to 1000 AD and most recorded historical events actually taking place between between 1000 and 1500 AD. The new chronology is universally rejected by scientific and historiographical <laughs> communities. Do we want to see some claims that he made real quick? Yeah, absolutely. No, but, but right. like so so the short version is that it's like it wasn't until 1800 anybody actually started writing any of this shit down and that everything else. No, was it wasn't just... until 800. Oh, it 800. Was, it I thought people, you said 1800. No. <laughs> oh, God. I thought you were saying wild. like, well, it's like, wait, I, that's wait, a way better idea. <laughs> it was like 1776. It's like, shit, America was already a country. <laughs> and then like, maybe we should, maybe we should write some of this down. Maybe we should write shit. <laughs> That was weird that we had to like do the declaration of independence by like just talking to the guy. <laughs> we just sent him a brick. Well, don't worry. Cause we're going to write down history. Now we're going to make it seem like what we did was a lot better. <laughs> okay. So, um, and we're going to rap in it. <laughs> no, uh, what he's basically saying Alexander is that there's not Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hamilton no, reference. No, no. Oh my God. Okay. Are you ready for it? Yes. What would you think based on the previous ones that we've covered? What do you think uh, Fomenko is going to go with that? His, the historical Jesus is a Byzantine emperor that there is a vast Slavic Turk 
empire called the Russian Horde that included the Scythians, the Huns, the Goths, and the Bulgars, and the Poles, and uh, the Cossacks, Ukrainians, and Belarusians. Or that uh, the cities of Jerusalem, Rome, and Troy are all the same place. Okay, or, okay. Or that the Hagia Sophia is the biblical temple of Solomon. And that Solomon is Suleiman the Magnificent. <laughs> the, uh, the, okay. the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire from all right. the, you know, I'm gonna the go 1500s. Out on, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's all of the above. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fucking insane? Like, you could, you could give me one of those and I'd be like, whoa, that's insane. But like every single one of them, that's absolutely nuts. <laughs> I wish that we were uh, more in-depth, knowledgeable of history where we could like, I don't even know what the point of like the debunking of these are. Like, you know, it's like, or you want to drag the individual things of like, it's like, no, it's basically, it's just the equivalent of like looking this, what this guy did was that he looked around because hold on, Fomenko is, is a, uh, yeah, he's a Russian. So he basically like looked outside. He's a mathematician like, at that. Oh yeah. He looked outside and was like, what if, what if like all of the history, what if all the important history of the world happened like down the, down the street? <laughs> <laughs> what if everyone I like in history was Russian? Was already Russian. <laughs> yeah. And, and what if like Russia was so cool that we, we had this big, awesome empire that nobody wants to acknowledge because they're all what if, in like, on all the conspiracy. The <laughs> what if all the places that we turned into the Soviet Union were already Russia like years ago? <laughs> like legit. I mean, that's part of it. That is part of this idea that you know, I, I guarantee you there's probably a bunch of like Russian Does nationalist that types Afghanistan? that love <laughs> I just love how you could also add that, like, because the Hagia Sophia has been everything, man. It was a temple to Apollo. It was a mosque. It was a church. Now it's also a Jewish synagogue, but it's also a magical temple. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta yep. love it. Um, the, you know, the only thing more interesting to me than this, um, this ridiculous theory to begin with is how it probably got so popular. Because it told people what they wanted to hear, right? No, no, no. Because Gary Kasparov, the chess player, talked about it. Oh. <laughs> Could you imagine? Think about the equivalent of that. What if LeBron James... LeBron, LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James just came out of nowhere and was like, Hey, man, you know what they don't be telling you about? That Tartarian Empire, bro. <laughs> Bobby Fisher just goes like Charlemagne. Uh, no, 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 no. Cause Bobby Fisher's actually crazy and believes a bunch of conspiracy stuff. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, mostly anti-Semitic, but yeah, like he's, he's a whack job too. Oh, so he would want the Tartaria one then you'd have to give LeBron yes. the phantom time. He'd be like Charlemagne ain't, Charlemagne real. ain't real. And then they'd be like, talk about Charlemagne, the God. He's not real. He's <laughs> they made him up. Who is this on the breakfast club then? <laughs> uh so on fringe or cringe what are we gonna give that one because uh i think that one's i think that, that one's, one's what did we get what did we give tartaria did we give it two yeah i that that's like a three yeah i was gonna say it's better than tartaria because it, at least it didn't say that like the kremlin was <laughs> ancient technology that could shoot electricity out of it but yeah the hagia sophia is it's a stargate <laughs> if you did that is this like a popular thing in Russia? 
And like, do does everybody get? Do I people get down I with think, this? I, I think it's fairly. I think it's pretty consistently uh, denigrated at this point. Like I well, said, I'm, not, I'm sure there are some no, fringe no, people. Sorry, I just mean like by the by the by the standards of conspiracy. Do you think that's like a popular conspiracy in Russia because it's so Russian centric? Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting one. I'm. I'm curious if anyone's. I wonder how popular it is in this day yeah. and age. Uh, that's a. That's pretty bad. I do really. There is something funny about the idea that it's a. It's it's this Russian centric oh, no. thing, but it's oh, almost no. like that. No, no, no. In uh, September 2020, major Russian politician and academian of the Russian <sighs> Academy of Sciences, Sir Alexander Dugin. <laughs> oh no, dude! And it comes Dugan, to him with no. the chair. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Uh, Sergey Gillespie publicly proposed Fomenko's new chronology as a reliable source for the formation of modern ideology that consolidates Russian society. He literally said, "Yeah, like you know, this kind of shit. That's what we need. We need a we need some absolute batshit crazy thing that makes us look badass, and we just tell <laughs> people that." Oh my god. Bad news bears. That's really bad. Uh, they just all get behind the uh, the other pseudo historical work of Catherine the Great. <laughs> is that is that it for the the uh, the insane conspiracies as far I as uh, time? One, I have one more. We have oh, one more time related one. Oh my goodness! Wait, did we? Yeah, okay, all right. We have one more, and I'll be. We'll be quick on this one because it's not nearly as crazy. It's just kind of like an interesting one. This is called Ages and Chaos. It's a book by Emmanuel Velaskovsky. <gasps> by wait, by K- ages, ages of chaos. Ages in chaos. Ages in chaos. In chaos. Great for chaos yeah. magic news. It is a major revision of um, ancient Near East history, claiming that the histories of ancient Egypt and the Israelites are five centuries out of place. Okay. Okay. The starting point for the first volumes of the series was that Exodus took place not, as everyone would claim, at some point during the Egyptian New Kingdom, but at the fall of the Middle Kingdom. In this volume, of, in this later volume, he uses the concept of ghost doubles or alter egos, historical figures who were known by two different names from two different sources and were considered to be entirely different people, but are actually the same person. So essentially what he's saying is that like a bunch of different people throughout history, like this person is this person, but no, these are the same people. Yeah. 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 Essentially or, what he's saying is that our understanding of the historical Israelite and Egyptian history are actually completely out of sync. And there's a bunch of people that are the same fucking people. Yeah. 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 The, like this Pharaoh, the, like two different Pharaohs are listed, but it's like, no, that that's actually just name for, for one guy. Mm-hmm. So like what you think these, these are two events that you think are a hundred, you know, separated by a hundred, 200 years, but it's like, no, this is actually the same guy doing the same thing. And I heard a thing talking about that Egypt, right? They were actually mm-hmm. supposedly, and I can't confirm this because I don't know, but this was somebody who had a history degree, talked about that Egypt was, at, when it came to their own personal histories, they were really bad about reporting, like recording when things were going wrong. Like if they lost a war or like a big battle in a war, they just wouldn't they write just it didn't down. talk about it. Or if there was like a famine going on, they just wouldn't <laughs> talk about it. It's like blank spots in people's diaries and shit. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to, don't want to talk today. <laughs> that sort of thing. So it's like a lot of sometimes uh we fill in 
gaps of Egyptian history by looking at other accounts, like namely like when somebody else wrote down, we kicked Egypt's ass, but that would be, I guess, and then in the a Egypt weird... history books were like, Hmm, Nile's pretty today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing bad ever happened in the middle kingdom. Bye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a really funny joke. <laughs> But that's uh, that that I guess. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, too, where the idea of at a certain point when the 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 most abundant source of historical record is literally just people writing shit down. If they don't write down the uh, if they don't write down what happened on the bad day, how are you going to know? And then that could go even further where it's like you didn't write down a certain event. So that when it did, when it got written down by a historian in another country, he used a different title for this guy. And now it seems like a new character just walked onto the field. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. When really it was Ramsey the whole time, you know, (laughs) it was me, Moses. (laughs) Yeah. This one doesn't have the same punch as all the other ones because it's not as crazy. Ultimately, what it's really saying it's, you, you know what we've learned here? We've learned that it's, it seems to be significantly easier to say that there is more history than there actually is, or by claiming that sources are talking about the same thing from a different perspective, because that seems to be the, that seems to be the crux of how this one works and how the Cremo one works and how phantom time works. Yeah. Ultimately the, the Tartarian issue is that it makes too many, very, very large claims and uh and in too large of a gap yeah it's the new chronology problem in a way too right because mm-hmm. it's it's it whenever when you're trying to get rid of history it makes it harder when you have to say that things didn't actually happen so what do we want to give this one the problem with this one i think is that it's 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 a purely academic history like you're not going to see the big conspiracy theorist ones banging on that one so much no 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 this is more of a unless uh, they got one that's like you could probably go in a very anti-semitic area with that one just because it involves the israelites but <laughs> uh, but i don't think it on its face it has anything no bad. no 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 and I don't think uh i don't think any of these were that's i guess that maybe that's the thing too is it's like none of these are written or at least uh, not that like the Tartaria one jury's out. Like there's probably some just bad anti-Semitic tendencies in there, but I don't want to throw that on people without knowing who's saying what, but I don't get the impression at least from looking at that. Any of these people were writing things with any sort of malice. I think they just thought they were onto something. <laughs> and, it's, and, you know, very often you can get the impression that because your idea is controversial and not accepted that you must be right. <laughs> <laughs> but um this one's this one is also like that thing where it's it's such a in the same way that phantom time it's it's a very small gap in the terms in like the grand scheme of human history so it's like by saying this just this one period of time is out of whack <laughs> and then saying like and it's mostly because the other people writing it down either they wrote something down that wasn't accurate or we misinterpreted it after the fact yeah and uh yeah. Then you're playing on the idea of human fallibility, which is uh very easy. You you can you can chalk yeah, a, lot a lot of stuff up. To, to, it's a lot cleaner to get away with blaming it on people's incompetence or misunderstanding than it is 
that uh, there's a, a vast conspiracy. conspiracy to keep you from knowing that yeah, the, uh, yeah. that Stonehenge was made in uh, cowboy times. <laughs> yeah. Stonehenge only Stonehenge only a hundred years old. <laughs> you can tell there's weld joints on the side. How do you weld rock? <laughs> it's because they have the secret Tartarian tech. You know, I, I almost feel content to leave it here with uh, the end of the alternative chronologies. Yeah. You know, uh, we were talking about messing with the format and ultimately all of these do the same thing. They mess with the format of history. And we can't stand for it. I won't stand for it. Okay. Well, well with that said. In that case, then. We can go to our palate cleanser. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. So I get to ask, how goes the work? Well, we, we did really touch on this at the beginning talking about Chaturthi words, I, uh, I did, uh, uh, 11 days of bhakti yoga and devotional practices to Ganesha. And it's, you know, it, it was a rejuvenating thing. It, you feel, you feel a little restored by the end of it. You know, I'm, I'm still going through a lot, um, as far as like work and like, you know, just not having a whole lot of time, but I am trying to parlay this consistency into, uh, some kind of ritualized practice that I can use to further the Libra K stuff. I got some, I got some things in mind and hopefully uh, I think we talked about this and I don't want to get anybody's hopes up too much, but we were talking about the idea of maybe doing some workings like me and you and both just recording our results and throwing them up. Yeah. yeah so maybe yeah. that would There's be, a... so maybe that would be good for that too, but yeah, things are going nothing dramatic, but things are going. How about you? The sorry, exact same thing that I was going to say. <laughs> I felt like it was about to sneeze. Sorry. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much the exact same thing. You know, I, I just went through Chaturthi and doing all my stuff with um, Ganesha. My altar over in my corner is actually still covered with offerings to Ganesha. That, uh, you know, I felt kind of bad because I, I haven't cleaned them all up yet. But I also didn't want to like just leave them there with nobody to worship. So I, I put my guru Padma on the thing. Oh, so it's, oh, I have okay. my, and I, I feel like there's an odd appropriateness to that. Like the, when, <laughs> when a uh, Ganesha gone, but the guru is there. Yeah. I mean, at least, kinda, as long as you, you didn't put like, you didn't put your Mickey mouse up there or something like that. So I guess you're all right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, um, I planned on doing something for, uh, Michael miss, but, um, you know, I, what, what it really just ended up being was I just read a, a, a bunch of prayers to St. Michael just to feel like I was doing something. I don't even know why. It, it wasn't a very big ritual or anything. It was just day after. And I'm like, hey, it's Michaelmas. I, I've told people it was Michaelmas like a thousand times. So I better, uh, I better do something about it. <laughs> well, I don't want to be a hypocrite <laughs> telling everybody about Michaelmas and then not doing anything. Did we get into the subject of how Michaelmas is uh, a made-up holiday created by the church? <laughs> That's the uh, the unseen theme running through this episode. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, 
Yeah, but, uh, I, I think our next um, I, I think our next project is going to be, you know, it, it probably in a weird way, we kind of have a conjunction going on because you're going through Libra K trying to finish that up. And I'm trying to build out a system for um, a larger project, I guess, really. And um, that's probably going to be what the uh, what this recording of results in working together to do something is kind of going to be. Yeah, we got to so, get there first, though. Yeah, so, that's like just, said, these are all get... just these are just ideas. So there's not really a whole lot to say there, but you know, um, to, to give people, uh, an idea of why there's so little to be done. We've actually recorded episodes fairly quickly after each other for once after, a, after what felt like a month of being like two to three weeks behind on everything. Yeah. So that, you know, like, that's uh, good. Consistency like is two, the goal. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, if nothing else, just the fact that what we're talking about everything we did from the period of the last episode to this episode. And it hasn't been that long. So there's not a whole lot. It's oh, just Chaturthi. Yeah. And then Michael miss was yes. The day before yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny that, yeah. Cause you can really tell it's like 11, you know, Chaturthi's 11 days. So it's like last episode we were talking about, Hey, it's about to be Chaturthi in the next episode. It's, hey, Chaturthi just ended. So you can use your you can use your fingers and toes and figure it out (laughs) with that said this has been chaos magic news the only podcast that has been part of a conspiracy to make that you believe that the catholic church did not actively construct an entire roman empire to justify why it owned everything As always, if you too would like to dig an ancient civilization out of a mudslide, <laughs> you could start by looking at chaosmagicnews.com, where we'll have links to the pod, links to our interview series, the occasional article. Again, we're we're working hard to try to get some more articles actually up so people can be like, why do you have this website? You could just have a Spotify and be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> but why do you have five articles up? Yeah. We've also got a discord of lovely, lovely people. You can come on in, see what's going on. New We've faces got every day. Yeah, just about. Yeah, it's, it's actually getting pretty sizable in there. I'm a little scared. They're going to turn on us. We've also got the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram, where we post dank memes and the occasional clip. We're on TikTok. We're on YouTube. We're on every major streaming platform, but you're already listening, so you get that. But it's always good to know for your convenience that there's other options. And let's see, beyond that, am I, am I missing anything? No, I think that's everything. All righty. So with that, Mad, would you like the last word? Oh, no, nope, you're so not na- going to get it because I'm changing the format. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye-bye. Fazbear server to come to your house while you're sleeping. <laughs> okay. Freddy's um, gonna get you. <laughs> God damn. I'm trying to remember where the fuck I saw that. Somebody was like unironically saying that shit. Oh my god. Too much time on the internet.